Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Roost Podcast. As always, I'm Carter Spires with my co-host Matthew Bartlett, the director and managing editor of the Roost, your premier source for rice sports news and analysis. So that was a fun one. Rice uh, ends as the uh, ESPN Plus announcer said about 900 times during the course of this broadcast. Rice ends the nation lo- nation's longest winning streak. Just a comprehensive and frankly dominant win over uh, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns in Rice Stadium. Yeah, I, I think, and we were kind of texting back and forth in the third quarter, we were debating if we were jinxing it or not and trying to come up <laughs> the right the right words for it. Just a quick aside, if, if anything that Carter and I can ever do while we're texting jinxes a, a sporting event, uh, you better you better believe I'm putting everything on the internet and just declaring it because that's how it works, right? Yeah, but, uh, yeah. If, if we gain the power to speak things into existence or non-existence, then uh, I'm going to have to start using that, that power for my own benefit, so... I know, but we don't have that power. We just have hope, and it's it's kind of surreal. So first off, yeah, I, I did know coming into it that it was the nation's longest winning streak, like kind of before the pub started, but that became I can't, like I can't recall it being a like significant thing of another team ending. Like, is it just because we just assume, like, either Alabama or Georgia has won, like, 15 games in a row, so we don't kind of think about it, and they don't lose very often? Like, I didn't really realize that that was going to be the the talking point of the game until, you know, we got midway through the third quarter, and I was like, oh, this team hasn't lost in, like, a full calendar year and then some. So, I don't know, but it was exciting. Yeah. Always always fun to get that. the honor of uh, of ending it yourself, so uh, that's, that's, I, I certainly won't complain about that. Getting uh, rice rice pulling that one. Yeah, I'm I'm good with it, and and because I, you know dominant was the word we used, I think we can we can probably start in a couple different places. Where should we with how to kind of unpack what happened? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the fact that Rice just like the that they outgained Louisiana, basically almost tripled them up. So four four hundred forty nine to one seventy five. Despite despite giving the ball up three times in the first half, throwing another pick six. Apparently, this team just hands those out like candy, and yet. Uh, just a comprehensive like I, I think that the telling stat here is that Louisiana only ran forty three plays on offense. Like Was every it time low? they got the ball, yeah, wow. I mean, score once on a pick six, once off a short field, and then they basically had one long drive the entire game. That one to pull back within one score in the fourth quarter. That was about half their total yardage, and that was kind of it. Like every other time they had the ball. Rice just kind of shut them down. They just it, it was one of those things where they just they they just didn't run any plays because they kept they kept having to punt. Yeah, and this was, I mean, Rice is going to go toe to toe with some teams that are all defense and kind of fake pretend to play offense. This really wasn't one of this. This is a team that was averaging I think thirty five points a game coming into this one and and had put up 
a good amount of points, you know, in their in their prior games, obviously. But I, I thought, and I was I was looking this up. So the I was looking through the drive chart at the beginning of the fourth quarter when they were getting the ball, and that was their one long drive. Their longest drive, other than that seventy five yard touchdown drive, uh, was twenty nine yards, and it was off the the interception. Um, return and that one ended up in downs where I stopped them on fourth down on that play. So I didn't even get points out of it, but their longest second longest drive was 29 yards and rice had drives of uh, 33, uh, 83, 60, 75, 65 and 70. Yeah. uh, So time of possession can be a stat that lies, but uh, in this game, Rice holding it for nearly 42 minutes uh, pretty much tells the story of the game, I think. And I <laughs> afterwards, I was kind of looking this up because I hadn't really taken a moment to look at all of those big picture numbers, right? Like in the middle of trying to process this game and, and get the write up out. And I looked in the 175 yards of offense that you mentioned for Louisiana uh, I was actually I was in the the post game press conference and Jordan Dunbar was in the middle of kind of giving his kind of opening thoughts on the game and as he was talking I was on uh, college football stats and just kind of going backwards to try and find the last time that Louisiana had less than 200 yards of offense in a game and uh, I had to stop because I got back to 2015 in the presser and I hadn't found it yet. <laughs> So then I had to keep going, and I put this, I think, in my kind of uh, Sunday afternoon uh, write-up. It was 2011, I believe. So more than a decade since. And, like, I don't feel like that's not – you know, sometimes you'll see, like, those obscure stats that, like, on games that kicked off after 7 p.m. on the road in which they were wearing blue uniforms, you know? Like, yeah, I feel like just 200 yards of offense is, like – a base level, like you showed up to play football. Right. And Louisiana didn't get there. Yeah, this was, I mean, like in terms of the deep, the performance the defense put up, this is, this is up there with maybe not quite the, uh, turnover smorgasbord that the Marshall game was, but I mean, and see, 21 I, points, I, one off a of pick six, one off a very short field, and one great drive, and that was about it. Like it was, it was a really incredible defensive performance. And see, I, that's something I think is interesting because I was kind of trying to process this after the game. And obviously, Marshall, top 15 team on the road, you get a shutout, you have the pick six. That was kind of our you know, standard bearer for this team plays great defense. And I'm not saying that wasn't, that was an incredible defensive game, but I was kind of thinking through it in that game, like to some degree in, in Grant Wells, not coincidentally, I believe I saw this. He's starting for, is it Virginia tech now? I, I believe, believe this, so. Yeah. I was watching a, I think they played like a Thursday or Friday night game, a couple in one of the opener weeks and I think they had a stat up on the screen that said he led all FBS quarterbacks and in interceptions thrown, huh. which when you play rice, that will happen. I, I, You're welcome. I, well, Grant. I say we, that was a part of it. It was one bad game, but he's had a lot of bad games. And I was like, OK, and I'm not taking away from that performance. But when you get handed five turnovers and you don't dominate, like 
that's the base level. You have to. In this game, I thought like there wasn't really any plays where I thought Louisiana just made critical errors that it was them screwing up and them, you know, running the wrong route or them making the wrong read. It was just sheer and total domination. Like the front seven was incredible. There was only a handful of pass deflections registered in the game by the secondary because the ball didn't get there. Like the quarterbacks didn't have any time. They tried two guys. Neither of them worked. And kind of processing, I'm like, I. if you don't spot them a couple turnovers for free field position, you just say, man, they really had one drive all game, and it took a 22-yard run where the guy broke three tackles to get in the end zone, which, you know, tackling can always be better. But yeah, yeah, like I was sitting there, I'm like, this might, I might have been more impressed by this game, by the defense, than the Marshall game. Yeah. I, I, I would I'll make an argument. Pretty, pretty even footing, I would say. Like, I, I, I do seem to recall that Marshall game as, like, the defensive line was playing really well. Like, I remember DeBraylon Carroll just sort of, like, living in Grant Wells's face in that game. Like, they definitely forced a lot of those turnovers. And so the overall performance fair, fair. That was was really good, I think. But I think as a just, like, an overall team victory, I think this was probably the most dominant they've had, especially factoring in the quality of opponent. Like, uh, so this is, and maybe we should have said at the outset, the third straight year Rice has won as a double-digit underdog. Um, and Which is crazy. <laughs> last year at UAB, that kind of had the, like... It was very much the, like, how an upset happens. You know, Rice kind of capitalized on opportunities and, like, made the plays when they were there and held on late and, and didn't give up the win. It was a great win, but, like, it was sort of a classic upset. This was not an upset. This was an ass-whipping. And, uh, just like, they were drive after sustained drive on offense. This incredible dominant performance on defense like they were just flat the better team start to finish in this one and kind of beat the crap out of them and like like we said coming into this we didn't really know what to expect and rice you know rice had played a team they were much worse than talent wise and that was playing really well and rice played a team that they were much better than talent wise and it was very encouraging that they treated the team they were much better than like a team they were much better than but we didn't know how they were going to perform when faced with a team of, like, roughly similar talent. And I actually checked before the game on the uh, 247, the 24-7, uh, the team talent composite. I think this year's edition, Rice is 99th and Louisiana is 91st. So that's pretty close, about as close as you tend to get in terms of comparing the talent levels. And, yeah. you know, with all the... Obviously, they had lost a lot coming into this, coming into this year after Napier left and, and losing their quarterback and a lot of other significant players. But like, still, the Louisiana had played pretty well in their first two games, and and Rice just flat beat the crap out of them. Like it was just, uh, I, I I don't want to say stunning or, but it it kind of was stunning. Like it was, it was really impressive. 
Yeah, and it was. I, I thought an, another. There were so many, so many parts of this games that kind of um, even caught caught me off guard. Part of it was you had a quarterback that threw three interceptions, and I, you know maybe it's a a blessing in disguise that I'm not not that Wiley was hurt, but that TJ was the only guy uh, they couldn't fool him. Like right. there was no way they were turning to Shoki Etrius to make you know, more than mop up duties in his, you know, red shirt freshman season. Like that was not going to happen. So he had to write through it. And, you know, we kind of had had said, you know, like three and four years ago, we were saying, you know, we think the defense is going to be really, really good. If they can be competent on offense, this formula will work. And three turnovers is Three turnovers by your starting quarterback is is bad on offense. Like probably the rest of the rest of everything that happened, I thought was pretty good. And the second half was that was great on offense. So maybe bad first half, great second. You average out to yeah. good. Um, but if you take those turnovers away, like that's the craziest thing. I'm watching this, and Rice has the two scored lead in the fourth quarter, and I'm like, man, you take away a pick six. And you give them the rest of that drive. I'm not sure this isn't like a 21, 24 point win. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I tweeted this like right as things were like I maybe got a little overconfident when they went up uh, 26, 14. And then Louisiana immediately went on their only good drive. So I was like, maybe I should shut up right now. But like at that point, they were winning 26 to 14 and it should have been worse. Like, uh, yeah, you can't throw out the turnovers, and I'm I'm not. But, like, if you throw those out as, like, single high-leverage plays, like, on a down-to-down basis, the offense was just consistently gaining yards the whole game. Like, it was... And, and, like, once they cleaned up the turnovers in the second half, it was just repeated flat domination and if i can go all the way back as as far as to revisit a preseason posit that i had on just the quarterback race as a whole um i'm just kind of thinking about this i had i kind of originally said that the tj mcmahon experience is going to be wild (laughs) i said Uh, that i think the louisiana game perfectly encapsulates Louisiana Tech game. I have to specify Louisiana teams here. The Louisiana Tech game perfectly encapsulated what you were going to get from him at quarterback because he threw the interception that led to Rice being down by two scores, and then he led to scoring drives and won the game. And I'm not going to say that well, that Wiley wouldn't have got it done. We don't know. But we what we do know is that was what we saw on Saturday, that TJ got wound up, made mistakes from a – he was in his second career FBS start. Second. Isn't that wild? So, yeah, yeah he's going to have some jitters. So he made some really bad mistakes and centered him out. And there were some plays that he made, particularly in the second half, that I just kind of watched. Bryce had posted the highlight video. Go back and watch the touchdown that he threw to Rosner. Oh, yeah. He's scrambling one way, reverses field, has to kind of like p- 
switch hands and put his hand on the ground to steady himself so it doesn't fall down for a loss of yardage and then turns up, flips his hips, and finds the open man in the end zone. Uh, the throw he had to Luke McCaffrey that got called, he, McCaffrey got called for going out of bounds so the touchdown didn't count. That was like a side-armed bullet. Like he made some throws that I don't think we've seen another Rice quarterback make in quite some time. Like I'm thinking, yeah, it, like in just terms because of like the, the plays he made, like I'm not sure I've seen uh, like in terms of the positive plays and like the the sort of like big boy throws. I'm not sure I've seen a Rice quarterback do as much of that as he has since. Chase Clement. Yeah, because the only one I can think of in like in recent memory that has really the best quarterback play Rice has had to this point was Mike Collins. But Mike Collins was very much so like he kind of had he wasn't a statue, but he was kind of like drop back and just rifle it 100 miles an yeah. hour into the air and find the open guy. He wasn't scrambling around buying time and creating an opening like <laughs> It was, it was incredible, and and I think like if we can get if we if we get two halves of second half TJ, <laughs> there's not a team on Rice's schedule left that Rice will be outgunned on the yeah, offensive I mean, side of the ball. It, it's hilarious. We've like. We almost memified like who he is as a quarterback over the course of this offseason. Like, aha, uh-huh, he's the gunslinger. Like, he's going to make plays, but he's going to throw picks. Well, three games in, he's sitting at seven touchdowns and six interceptions, and half of those interceptions are pick sixes. <laughs> but Rice is two and one with two of, from very different perspectives, but like two of their best wins. Uh, like, uh, looking at the McNeese game as a best win in terms of just like doing what you yeah, sheer domination, do, which they, yeah. which they've almost never done. So like, uh, yeah, the it's, it's kind of hilarious how, how boom or bust he's been, but like the boom's working out. So you know what? And it's fun. Just keep rolling the oh, dice, so man. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, we don't have any, any news. Any, no, no change on the Wiley Green status, so I'm, I'm assuming at this time of recording, uh, I have no reason to doubt that it's going to be McMahon again. And at this point, it's would be pretty hard to pull him. Um, we probably don't have to have that conversation yet. But yeah, he's been really good. And then uh, another guy that I wanted to get to, and I'm not going to say I called it, but I kind of think I called it a little bit, uh, Luke McCaffrey. <laughs> So I asked TJ, I asked TJ midweek and I asked Bloom midweek and I asked Luke midweek at at practice. I said, so when's the Luke McCaffrey breakout game coming? Because coming into this game, McCaffrey was leading Rice in receptions, but it almost felt like he hadn't really had an impact on a football game yet. Like he he had a couple big third down conversions early against USC. He had a couple catches last week out at, at McNeese, but it didn't really feel like like the you remember the podcast that we recorded when we found out Luke McCaffrey was coming to Rice. 
Like we were just like yeah. this guy, best athlete on the team, one of the best players in this conference. He is going to change this team. That's kind of what we were expecting. And so I asked them all and Bloom was like, it could happen this game. It could happen every game. Like we're not going to force the ball to him. But, you know, it, if, if it happens, it happens. And I was just like, I don't I, it too cog. It was cognitive dissonance. Like I cannot have a world in which I believe Luke McCaffrey is a game wrecker. And then he doesn't do it on the field. I'm like, it's going to happen. I think what I actually wrote and on the Patreon for subscribers on the practice reports was sooner rather than later. Cause I felt like I couldn't just say McCaffrey's going for 102 on Saturday, but I should have because he went for 102 on Saturday. Yeah, it's uh, no, it was exactly, exactly what you mentioned about how we reacted when we first found out he was going to be on the team. That was immediately what I thought of. And uh, it was, we find we got that it was exactly he is impacting the team and in, in the way that we thought he would just a year later and at wide receiver so you know i'm not wrong, picky never wrong just early <laughs> yeah i think that would that was incredible you had i mean brad rosner had a touchdown grab in this game had a, a really big catch and run on the sideline that had positive yardage. Uh, he ends up with four for 48. Isaiah Asdale has kind of come in and been, I mean, I got to look up his, his, uh, you know, average yards per, per catch, but he's, he might be leading the team at this point. He's had, it feels like every time he touches the ball, it's downfield, which man, to have a third option in that passing game is pretty good. And I, we need to talk about Kobe Campbell because I have given Kobe Campbell yeah. grief for dropping footballs. That man had two of the biggest catches of this game. Yeah. And and was he was that spark we always wanted him to be and he did it and it was it was awesome and it was huge and I like when you have your Kobe Campbell's hitting shoot I that that's this is some of the like most optimistic and hopeful I've ever been about a Rice offense, and they earned yeah. it. Well, no, it was good. Like if you told me, you know, well before the season, and not right before, like we find out that said Patterson was going to be sidelined for a while, I would have said, well, it's going to be the Luke McCaffrey and Brad Rosner show at wide receiver, just like in uh, 2019. It was it, this is the up this is the upgraded version. Uh, no offense. <laughs> the upgraded version of the Austin Trammell Brad Rosner show. And uh, the fact that both Esdale and Kobe Campbell have emerged as sort of tertiary, tertiary options uh, wide receiver has been a really pleasant surprise. Like Rice isn't exactly going six or seven deep there, but like to have four legitimate pass casting options is kind of uh, deeper than they've gone before. So. Yeah, and we haven't even, like, we've seen, I think Tyson Thompson got a touch on a, a punt return. They were running, like, this two-return two set for punts against Louisiana, which I, I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, I guess it worked because Sean Fresh broke off a 40-yarder to kind of start this game. So I'm for that. But, yeah, yeah I mean, two for two on field goals, I believe. So success on that front. Yeah, hey, uh, and, and not long ones, but, like, like, Longest was 31, but hey, like, what have we been saying? Like, just hit everything under 
you know, 35 yards. And that is all I ever want out of a college kicker. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll take it at this point compared to the, the lows and the, the bumps that we've been through. So, yeah, I mean, offense was great. Defense was great. Special team was great. Uh, the the three turnovers were a, a big, big, big bugaboo. Uh, you know, TJ McMahon experience until proven wrong. Uh, and, you know, TJ's told me to my face, he's like, you know, you, you call me a gunslinger. I'm getting there. And I'm like, OK, I'm 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 this is for the record. I am. You can prove me wrong. I will be so happy. I will stand on the table. I mean, this is an audio medium, so you can't see me. I'm not actually standing on the table, but I will to record that segment. So, and I think that's, what's interesting. Cause I kind of think about, and maybe we can kind of wrap up on kind of some big picture things, because, uh, if you are a patron, uh, first off, thank you. Uh, if you're not, I do a, a Q and a, you know, mailbag every month and just kind of submit your questions. And, uh, sometimes there's one, one that kind of rises up. Sometimes there's a couple, the question that came in, for uh, August was a good one. And they said, and someone basically said, what's the path to six wins? Like, I know we talk about rice is going to get back to a bowl. How do they, how do they get there? Um, and if you're a patron, I'm, you can go read all the bit play by play. I'm not going to spoil all that now, but I will say I put an article or a, a section in that article that I just said the pivot point, And I said, Louisiana. Um, and I said, if, if rice beats Louisiana, they're two and one. They have to go 500 in conference. And that's kind of the moment in that if that happens, I feel like I know 85% about how this team season is going to go. Because if you can beat Louisiana, you can hang with any team in Conference USA. And like I've seen, I've seen Charlotte football this year. It's awful. I've seen Utah yeah, football this year. They lost to New Mexico. It's really bad. Like, Rice can get, get getting five wins. Maybe that's scary. Getting four. You can definitely get four if you can beat Louisiana while throwing three interceptions and a pick six. Yeah. Like it was. If if they can play like that minus the turnovers, then this team could compete for a conference title. Uh, I'm not going to. Not even making our predictions yet, but like the team that we saw at Rice Stadium on Saturday can, and and this is not just like completely out abstract. Like if they play like that, they will definitively win several of the games on their remaining schedule, and they will be a threat to win every single other one. And frankly, that includes this Saturday because like. UH ain't looking like UH ain't looking like a whole lot right now, to be frank. Um, I'm not saying that I would necessarily like favor rights to win if I like it, but like it feels like it's going to be the most competitive one in a long time. So we won't steal your preview thunder here, but um, well, but I, I on that on that thought. So do you offhand remember how many times Rice punted in this game against Louisiana? Uh, I do not, although I think I may have just seen it in the box score. Yeah, they punted once. It was the first series of the game. Jeez. And yeah, and that involved, uh, Rice had a penalty for an illegal shift 
on that on that play, and I think I think that would have been. I have to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure Rice. Uh, it was a third down, and they got a penalty for an illegal shift. They converted on that play, but it was called back. I'm I'm barely certain that was a legal shift called on on McCaffrey, um, and that's how it happened. But regardless, a penalty that extended it to third and long, and they didn't convert. Other than that, Rice did not punt in that game. So even if Okay, 100% offensive efficiency is crazy. You're never going to get 100% offensive efficiency. Even if you take all three of those interception drives and you turn them into punts, that <laughs> that's still elite like that, that, offensive efficiency. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we've still seen the defense has has, has formed into like – In 2020, I think they were the number 12 uh, scoring defense in the country. Uh, This is trending towards a team that can be in that area easily, I think. And then, I mean, you take a shutout to kind of help get you towards that numbers. That would help. But And then you have an offense that so far, uh, you know, if you want to call the McNeese and the... Louisiana games, the two most comparable to what they're going to see the rest of the season. They're averaging, what, 40 points a game against non-top 10 in the nation opponents. Yeah. I'm feeling I'm feeling really, really good. I mean, the Fred, best. You can, you can include the USC game in there on offense and the numbers still look fine. That gets you to what? 99 total points like you're averaging 33 points a game including that game that you were totally outmatched in and that is uh that's 64th nationally yeah 33 which is 10 points better than anything they've had under this coaching staff so far so uh it's yeah 15, and just for 15. just for reference that's uh that's fourth in conference usa Western Kentucky is averaging 39, UAB 36, Florida Atlantic 34, and Rice at 33. That'll do. Yeah, Rice still has games against two teams averaging fewer than 25 points per game. That will do just fine. So I'm I'm coming up Rosie. I coming up Rosie. Coming up roses. Uh, do we got a? We didn't do this last week, but I think on Wednesday it might be fun. Uh, a, a game ball that you want to hand out. Before we uh, wrap up, ooh, um, I'm trying to be more creative here, but uh, I all all I got is Luke McCaffrey. All I got is Luke McCaffrey. I mean, <laughs> there are worse problems to have. I don't know how, how you couldn't. I, I'm going to give him the game ball. Um, yeah, we yeah, can give him a dual game ball. Make it official. I mean, absolutely magnificent. We'll do it again next week against the University of Houston, which lost to Kansas. A, uh, a good Kansas. Yeah. A competent Kansas. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, take some time. Uh, you know, go to wherever you do your soul searching. Uh, pray to whatever deities uh, you do or do not believe in. Uh, but you're going to need to prepare to talk to your children about the fact that Kansas is 3-0. and Man. And, and however you rationalize that with yourself and your belief system, just uh, just understand that it's out there and you 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 can't hide from it. 
Hey, and if this is upside down year where everything is backwards, I think a team that's had some rough records would be uh, totally okay flipping the script and turning what what a three and nine into a nine and three or something like that. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, wouldn't hate it. Crazier things have happened. Would not hate it at all. Well, all right. Uh, so that was that was fun. Uh, God, it's it's much more relaxing to pot after a win after a big win. Uh, but uh, hopefully we'll be doing it again next week. But if not, uh, Rice is still sitting pretty going into conference play after that Bayou bucket. So uh, we will see y'all next week to uh, wrap that one up and Rice fight. This show was edited and produced by Carter Spires. It features music from Joseph McDade.